What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a great week so far. Podcast time. Wait, before we start a podcast, I'm going to say it every time. Subscribe. Um, it keeps the podcast going. Um, and please hit reviews. I know there's a lot more of you that are listening out there that don't review. And it's the only thing that I ask you to do. Um, if you can review, it would be amazing. The more reviews, the more people listen. And the more people listen, the... The better the guests, the bigger the guests, the more interesting the conversations, and also the more likely we can help new artists come through and and introduce you to new artists so you can go and find amazing music, amazing athletes, amazing people, amazing just people. So yes, go subscribe and review, please. I love you for that. Podcast time, Brooks. I was introduced to her over during lockdown Australian artist that's now living in New York um and I started talking to her just as she hit New York her music is unbelievable it's just I don't know how to describe it it's takes so much influence from so many places but it sounds so good and she is an amazing producer songwriter singer everything vocalist everything you kind of wish you were as an artist she is that um and she's also an amazing human being so i'm gonna let you guys listen to this one it goes deep and it was really really interesting so without further ado brooks miss brooks what's cooking how are we going hey very good toasty in here the heater is a little bit too high but i can't control it <laughs> oh really oh you're in new york new york, you? New york winter <laughs> just can't control any of the heat and controls yourself no no but um it's okay i'm in the bahamas <laughs> for the next hour <laughs> it always it's always Sweating. like it's always amazing that that in new york they just like control the heat for you do they have ac do they control the ac for you as well or do you not have ac no, we don't. Yeah. I mean, I have like a window AC unit that it's such a pain in the ass to get to put in and then take out. That always so um, scary taking them in and out because it's like, am oh, I gonna yeah. am I gonna drop this on somebody? Exactly. <laughs> it's a real fear. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. you. I feel you. I wonder how many people have actually died because of that. Oh my god. I, I don't think I could think about it because that that just really freaks me out every time we take it out of the window i just have a vision of it falling and then you know lawsuit goodbye music career i kind of want to google <laughs> i kind of want to google this right now <laughs> yeah because i think this is a fact how many people have died in nyc yeah from i'm on the third floor as well so window, that would be from ac fatal. window units ac <laughs> window units yeah there's got to be something surely we have found zero confirmed cases of death by air conditioner. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's crazy, right? Maybe no one takes them out. Maybe I'm the only one who like changes it every season. Thinking I about just it. I want to get yeah. more light in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> old buildings in you old just living in old buildings sucks, yeah. isn't it? But you used to live here, didn't you? Yeah. I miss it yeah, so much. Yeah, do you much. miss it? Oh, my you God. Miss it? So much. Yeah. It's like the best place in the world. Have do you, you think you'll move back? When I'm rich. 
My my you. goal, <laughs> my ideal goal in life, there's there's not much I have like at, like to at the top of where I want to get to, like I guess financially, but mm-hmm. is I want to have a place in the UK that's like an old farm with like a bunch mm. of land, and then I want a place in New York. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy. Best of both worlds. That would be ideal. Yeah, yeah. that's how, amazing. How are you finding it? You, we first started talking during covid and mm. you'd not long moved there i believe yeah i was meant to move here in 2020 yeah. march obviously the worst time yeah. <laughs> to move overseas um so i was stuck in australia until january 2021 mm. and yeah it's been interesting that's the word for it <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it's been really difficult, but also just challenging, but I needed the challenge. Yeah. I think I was too comfortable living in Sydney. That's um, that's understandable. Sydney's a, yeah. Australia is a very nice lifestyle. I understand yeah. why people, like, it's not my favorite place. And like, personally, yeah. to me, I wouldn't want to live there, but mm. I really understand why people love it so much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's laid back. There's great cafe culture um beautiful landscapes but yeah i don't know that something about it for me anyway personally this is just something that i've you know Mm. i'm sure other artists maybe don't feel the same way but i i just didn't feel um like it was the right fit anymore yeah because i changed direction with music and yeah feels right now i i'll be i'll be honest and this isn't talking shit on australia though i think this is a, a valid conversation to have about not just Australia, just where you live and kind of challenging yourself as an artist. Yeah. Like, But mm-hmm. also Australia is, everybody that I know that's that's an artist from Australia at some point in their career when they become successful or want to become successful, they have to step out of Australia mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. so far away from everything. It and really is. It's so isolated. Um, and I think COVID really shone a light on that, on yeah. a lot of things, um, you know, with just limited uh, gigs, limited yeah. studio sessions, artists coming through. Like yeah. it, it, it's just, it's so isolated. Um, and there really is tall poppy syndrome, <laughs> mm. yeah, unfortunately. That's real. So Explain what that is because I don't think everybody, like in the UK we have that as well, but I don't think oh, it's, really? it's not an American thing. Yeah, I I feel like it doesn't exist here in America. Yeah. But basically, like, I think because Australia is so isolated um, and the pool is quite small, it's a massive country, but, you know, it's not a massive cultural um, community. And so you find that there there's like a ceiling and there's also very... Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, you know, objectively thinking about it. Um, you're not going to offend so anyone. I, this is only your huh? opinion. Don't, don't worry about offending anyone. Cause you're really not. <laughs> Cause if I know. that, that's what I, it feels I do like. Feel bad though. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. but I understand what you're saying. And I think like. Tall poppy. Basically, basically there's a ceiling and um, everyone has to like guard their success yeah. because there's not enough to go around. Yeah. I think that's how I see it. Um, 
Whereas over here, it's like, there's no limit. Yeah. Everyone wants to help each other. Everyone wants to see their peers win. Mm. Um, and it's really encouraging. Yeah. It's like, it's a totally different environment yeah. creatively. Yeah, I think in comparison to the UK and Amer- and Australia, I think it's the UK's slightly different mm. um, where you'll get a bunch of shit trying to do what you love to do. Mm. And then when you succeed, everyone's happy for you, mm. if that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. But I've had friends from Australia that have d- moved because of that reason as well. And, and this mm. isn't... I'm not talking shit on Australia. Like it's your home, right? It's where you grew up. Mm. But like mm. that, you can't change the fact that that's how it is. And, no. And what? How do you? How do you change? And how do you evolve as a human being? Not just as an artist, but as a human being. And you, mm. by doing that, is you, you have to make a change. And your change was to move, move to New York. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? Like I even though it was so, it is so difficult here and, and stressful, you know, um, energetically it's very intense and very loud, literally. Um, even though there's all of these factors that may, may sound negative, like it's only been for the better Yeah, for me to to be in an environment where I am challenged and uh, challenged on every level. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's kind of gets me thinking like, damn, I wish I did this when I was, you know, 25, 26, yeah. I'm 32 now. Yeah. But you know, things, things roll out as they do. And yeah, I, I, I guess it's kind of a waste of time thinking about what if, like, it's just what is now. Yeah, so, totally. I, but I think it's also, it. it's really interesting learning for other people that's listening and for your followers and people that aspire to be you and kind of in the same situation as you or have been in the same situation as you. I think it's like we can all learn from each other. And I think mm. like having that that mindset and having that insight to go, if you're 22 years old and you're living somewhere and you're not happy, you go go, go change. Like there's nothing yeah. stopping you. And I think like mm. I, I've been in situations like that in my career. I've been in multiple times. Um and I think, yeah, hindsight's a great thing, right? And mm-hmm. we can laugh about it, but as long as <laughs> yeah. as long as you do something for the future, so that you kind of learn from that, that's all the that's all that matters. Yeah, 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 exactly. How is how has New York changed you as a person? Not even musically yet. I just want to talk about yeah, personality-wise. Yeah. I think I think it's um, encouraged me to be more direct with what I mean. When I'm talking to people. <laughs> New York is, um, that is so New York. <laughs> yes. Everyone here is so direct. And when I first moved here, I thought it was rude. Yeah. But I realized like, no, it's, it's not rude. It's not, it's not coming from a malicious, it's not a malicious intent. It's just like people haven't got time That's it. to waffle on, yeah. you know? Yeah. Say what you mean, you get to the point, you move on. Yeah. Um, which is really refreshing. <laughs> um, there's, there's no beating so, no around the bush. Sorry to use that analogy, but it's like, I find living in New York when I lived there and I only, I didn't live there for long, but I've spent Mm. a lot of time in New York. And the one thing that I've, I worked out over the years is that everyone in New York, you have to hustle. Mm -hmm. You have, everyone works. Like, it's not like Mm. LA where no one works. It's like, (laughs) it's like completely the opposite. Everyone works. 
Some people mm. have multiple jobs. Like it's yeah. constant because it costs so much to be there, but people love the yeah. life so much that yes. they will hustle so hard just to have the, the life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, um, sorry. Yeah. No, go for I it. was going to say I went to the dentist yesterday um, and I had to get a mouth guard because I grind my teeth and I have been for the last 10 years. And I just asked the dentist, I was like, does everyone get a mouth guard? Is this a common thing? She's like, yeah. Literally everyone in New York has a mouth guard. Like, it's li- we're living in a city where everyone grinds their teeth. Yeah. Everyone has a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> it's chaotic. Do you do you have a therapist? Uh, I'm trying to find a new one. I'm yeah. trying to break up with my Australian therapist. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've just done it for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just too hard over Zoom. I find it difficult. I need someone in person. Um, and everyone here seems to have a therapist, which I love. Like there's no, there's no shame around it, which How, I find back home. It's kind of a bit weird. Some people think like, oh, you know. Yeah, it's the, know. it's the same in the UK. Therapy mm-hmm. is, there's a part of it. This is, this is, I have like ups. I have like a pros and cons with it, right? Mm-hmm. This is my view on it. And please tell me what you think. Um <laughs> America, like I grew up with my parents are therapists, so I grew up around therapists my whole life. Oh wow! Um, which I was extremely fortunate about for to have. Hmm. There's an annoying fly flying about, um, <laughs> and <clears throat> it it was never a thing in the UK. People having therapy, really, like friends, not not like none of my friends I knew like growing up had therapists or like, Mm. it wasn't really spoke about on in media or anything like that. I came to Mm -hmm. America and it was completely the opposite, Mm. but it was almost completely the opposite in like a blase thing where like you have a therapist, but you're not actually willing to change. You're not doing any Mm -hmm. change. You just have a therapist because it's fashionable (laughs) to have a therapist. And I think there should be like a bit more of a balance where like, okay, you've identified the issue that you need to have a therapist. Now go find a a good therapist, build a relationship Mm. with a good therapist and then make the change in your life so that your Mm. life is better. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the balance that for me personally that I've kind of witnessed on the outside. Um, Right. Of it being a trend rather than a necessity for each individual. Yeah. What's I see that side of it. Yeah. I I think like, I don't know. I guess, do you notice that in, in New York or, or LA? I or notice that just in America. Mm. Yeah. I feel like over here in New York, I think because like the work ethic is just so crazy mm. that like people are pushed to their limits and beyond. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of weird shit over here mm. like yeah there's crazy stories of people just imploding yeah in public yeah um it's crazy I'm, I'm i guess like i'm glad i wasn't here during the pandemic when there was the massive lockdown and yeah yeah i can't even imagine but yeah it's just you know, getting back to like the point of like it's just really comforting to know that you know it's kind of the norm here everyone's kind of looking after their mental health and and isn't afraid to talk about it, which is really nice. Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> when I first came to America, it was more so everyone would talk about their religion. This was years mm. ago, like years ago when I was like 
18, so like a long time ago. <laughs> I can't even do the maths. And it was very much like religion-based and a lot of people would like, it would come up in the first conversations of like your religion. Um, and mm. now over the years, I've seen that change more about like, more about mental health and things like that, um, mm. which is really important. I think we live in a world where we go to the doctors and look after our bodies or some people do. Mm -hmm. We go to the gym, we work out, we exercise, we do all of that and we're looking after our bodies, but we're not actually doing the brain doctor and, mm -hmm. and looking after the actually, invisible stuff. Yeah, the yeah. stuff that actually really affects everybody. Mm. I saw a video yeah. on Instagram. Um, I follow this guy called Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. But he's like a, he's, a business mogul dude. He like invested in Facebook and Twitter and Uber at the at the angel investment stage. He's made a fuck ton of money. He owns a mm. company called VaynerMedia. It's actually based out of New York. Um, and he was like talking to this guy like backstage somewhere. And this guy was like, I grew up poor. My family had nothing. I've turned my life around i now have like a company worth like a hundred million dollars i have the family i have my kids i have everything around me but i still mm. wake up every morning unhappy mm. and that was like gary was talking about therapy on that and kind of how you need to go and deal with those things before you can deal with anything else and before you can enjoy everything else and i think mm -hmm. that's a lot of the thing is like it, and especially in this industry i i don't think it's just this industry it's, it's in life generally but for mm. me it's like we live in a world where so much is expected of us on a daily mm -hmm. basis from especially it when you're in the public eye like we are um mm. so much is expected of us and there's no days off really mm, when no. when we have this when we have this phone around us there's no days off mm. um even if you don't go on social media there's no days off there's always that in the head like oh let me look at my spotify stats let me look at this mm -hmm. let me look at what etc yeah. etc et so it's yeah. like in a world where there's no off switch you also need to be able to look after yourself as a internally so you can manage those things and I think therapy is the way forward. And I, 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 yeah. I think everyone should do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be great if we were assigned a therapist at birth <laughs> and like we just had, like, you know, in primary school, you have a buddy system. Yeah. Like the kindergarten kids. I don't know what it's called in America or UK. But you team up with the year six person yeah. and they kind of like just help you yeah, yeah. <laughs> for that whole year. It's so cute. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's an educational purpose. I think like having therapy from a young age mm. not just because like in the uk you can get help when you're a kid in school mm. and they have like in school counselors, counselors? In, in the UK. yeah but like but, realistically yeah. that's only for like the kids that are going through a tough time yeah but, but i think it's important also to be educated about identifying exactly deeper feelings it's yeah. not just surface level happy or sad or angry you know like learning to understand your emotions is like that should be a part of curriculum it's crazy that it's not mm. yeah i think um i think my i was talking to my sister not so long ago and i think they started doing it that she's got two kids no three kids mm. fuck forgot the third um <laughs> <laughs> and i think they were started talking about stuff in their primary school now and they're talking about feelings which is really like 
that's way new to me in school. Like, yeah. We didn't do that yeah. in school, which I think is great. And hopefully yeah. they're doing that everywhere. I think I think maybe it's becoming more and more kind yeah, of that's good. popular, which is great. Um, mm. But I also think like, I don't know, I'm, the, I'm a sucker for it. Somebody can ask me how I am and I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Mm-mm. It's like, it's an easy thing. Are you, is that how you are as a person? Yeah, I am too. Yeah. I I base it around like, I guess, how comfortable I feel around that person. with that person to yeah. share. I guess I try and read the situation before, yeah. you know, before sharing. Yeah. Um, I've been reading this book at the moment called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Mm. And it's like this interesting uh, paragraph or section that she talks about oversharers. And she says like those people who we all know an oversharer <laughs> and it's like, they're um, trying to hotwire a, a connection yeah. and it just doesn't, it, it's like it has the opposite effect completely yeah. because you feel like you're just pulling away. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great book. It's just really interesting, I guess, learning about how to communicate effectively and, and also like working on the relationship within yourself. So then without getting too deep. <laughs> no, I get deep because I think this is, people need to hear this. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's all good and well having you come on and talk about your music, but like, mm. let's be honest, it's that again that surface level stuff. We're all human mm. beings, right? And it's mm. it's all about having a a chance to actually talk about who you are as a person, and for people mm. to know who you are as a person, and that you're mm-hmm. not just Brooks who writes music, if you know what I mean, and it's not mm. just Will Clark that writes music or DJ mm-hmm. and vice versa. It's like and I think these are the things that people don't really discuss. I know it's fashionable to talk about mental health in certain ways and it's been coming mm-hmm. up a lot, especially in music and which is great. Um, but I think it's, <clears throat> I think it just needs to, I think, we, I think we just need to normalize it and then it will, mm. it will normalize more in the industry as well yeah. or in normal life. Yeah. Like just with mm-hmm. your mates. I think how many of you are like, I don't know what, I don't know what it was like for 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 women growing up, for girls growing up, because I know for guys is like, for me it was, you don't really talk about your feelings to your mates until you get old, until I got older, mm. and like I grew, like really comfortable in myself and had, and built friendships around me that like were truly a pure friendships. I think when you're growing mm. up in school, you're kind of forced to have friendships because they're just yeah, the people fully. around you. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's only like now where like in the last like let's say 10 years where I could been lucky enough to like make really close friends and then I feel mm. comfortable to talk talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I've noticed is that the more work that I try and do internally and like really chase, mm. I guess, meaning the more that I've put energy into that, it's strange. Like the more those are the kind of people who pop up in my life and that it's like this weird cosmic thing that's been happening, especially since moving here. Um, I think also, you know, it's, it feels like a bit of a vortex here. You know, everyone who comes through this city is really searching for themselves and like really trying to make something of their life. Mm, Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it is great to kind of, I guess, you know, realize that, that, that 
those are the friends I've kind of found over here. Yeah. Um, vulnerability is just, it's traditionally seen as a weakness, but it it's the only thing that connects you on a deeper level than yeah. just surface level shit, you know? And it's just so important. Even when you're in a session, you know, writing with another artist, there needs to be that vulnerability first before each person can like open up and feel safe to like throw ideas around and yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. And it makes better music. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like who doesn't love a sad song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't need to be sad either. It can just be, you know, just direct and authentic. Um, not being fearful to talk about anything. Yeah. I think for yeah. me, when it comes to like music it's it's just having that, real connection with the person that I'm in the session with um, yeah. or having a conversation with. It's like, mm-hmm. how can we, like, even if nothing comes out of this session, like mm. we've gained a relationship out of that session. Yeah. And whether that relationship lasts forever, whether that relationship lasts for the end of the session, you still have that bond with that person. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. Yeah. And it only works in our favor as like, you know, human beings to connect. Like it's so interesting to zoom out and think of it as like, you know, we feel pain and suffering when we can't connect with people. So it's almost as if like there's something out there in the universe that we are made to be here to connect. Yeah. We have to, it's just part of our makeup, you know. We connect with the earth, we connect with each other, um, with animals, everything. Like it's it's only in our favor to to work on that. And yeah. Yeah. I sound like a freaking hippie. But, um, <laughs> no, woo! I'm here for it. Have you, have you got the, have you felt the New York loneliness at all? Mm. Yeah. I, I think it comes from a place of, of like what you were saying before that everyone here is constantly hustling and working. Yeah. So everyone's off doing their own things all the time. Mm. It's all very like, I don't know. Uh, it's isolating in the sense of like, um, I don't know how to articulate it. Maybe like, I don't know. I'm having a blank. <laughs> no, I think uh, if I can help is for me, yeah. for me or just for any major big city is everyone's just doing their own thing. Mm. And sometimes it's hard to fit in with other people's doing their own things. Yeah, and people plan like weeks ahead here. That's what I've yeah. noticed. And you're not a priority, and I don't mean that you directly, yeah, yeah. but oh, like, no. no one's a priority. And I think mm. it's the thing is like everyone's trying to hustle. So it sounds awful, but if somebody gets a better option, they're going to get the mm-hmm. better option because it might yeah. it might benefit them. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but yeah, it's, mm. it is what it is. And I think if you don't have friends in a big city like New York, it's a very mm. lonely city because everyone's just on on the go and. Mm. It's hard to make friends in big cities. It is. Mm. It really is because everyone's got yeah. their own little cliques and yeah, fully. And I think like what it's taught me is to like initiate yeah catch ups and be really like you know inviting and inclusive and and just try and um come out of my shell a bit. Back in Australia, I feel like yeah, again I was just comfortable, but over here, like yeah, I want to host. Yeah. Host parties, host little dinners, like yeah. have people over for a jam, you know, just organize things, introduce people to each other who I think would get along. And it that's good that I've kind of learned that. That's know, the best, right? My toolkit. 
Yeah. That's the best when you have friends, different friend groups, and then you bring them all together and then they make mm. friends out of that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It makes mm-hmm. that's that's my goal for me. <laughs> yeah. Is to bring more people together friend wise. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. like as touring artists, we can't always be there. We're not always mm. there. But like and then the people that work nine to fives and are always there, they can have those connections with all the people mm. like it's so nice i love seeing that makes me so happy. yeah yeah even like with my parents my parents are like have they're friends with my friends oh like, really yeah. that's great like I love my, that. my friends will go around for dinner and like oh hang out, yeah hang out with the par- with my parents and it's like mm-hmm. it's great i love it <laughs> that's awesome how's um how's the move been musically for you um I think more frustration and noise is coming through. Yeah. <laughs> through the music now. Because I feel like I have to shout a little bit louder to kind of break through. Be noticed. Yeah, to yeah. break through here. Um, which I I am not mad about. I I love it. Mm. I feel like it's more freeing. Yeah. To to not hold back and to just make whatever whatever I want, whatever comes to mind. Um, and just try and be as crazy as possible because everyone is weird here and everyone's crazy. So I can just join the crazy. <laughs> what, what is the, what's your kind of theory behind having to be louder and everything to, to see, be seen? What's that about? Because you're still releasing music on the same platforms as before, et cetera, mm. et cetera. What's, what is that? What's that kind of mindset about? Um, I feel like it also comes from a place of, you know, being a female in the industry as well, as much as I don't really want to, you know, draw that card <laughs> again. You, you drew it, so <laughs> pull it up, so bring it, it up, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it comes from that as well, you know, like, I feel like I have to work twice, three times as hard, shout as loud as well to, um be noticed amongst male peers in the same industry. And then, and you know, like that's, I feel like that's just how it is. Um, and, and I feel like I also, um, have an advantage if I play into my masculine tastes of, of dance music, mm-hmm. um, which I'm naturally drawn to anyway. So that's, that's great that that works out. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's complex. It's a it's a few layers of different things. Being in New York, yes, but also being a female producer and wanting to like, you know, I'm also very petite as a person, so maybe that's like a weird complex as well, you know. You got short <laughs> short dog. like short man yeah. syndrome. <laughs> it's fine. I've got that yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, like I want I want to talk well. I want to talk about the the female thing cuz I like yeah. I'll be honest, I'm not a female just putting that out there um and i really struggle when i hear a female talk about that because for me like i i don't look at anyone any differently if you know what i mean like if you make good music you make good music and you're part Mm. of the crew like that's Mm. simply how i look at it and i it's naive to of me to think that everyone doesn't think like that Mm. however i kind of want to hear from your perspective like 
what is that feeling? How does that, how, like how does it explain? Because it doesn't make sense to me that that happens, mm. if that makes sense. So I think that's the thing is like, I'm like, I I hear it a lot. Um, mm. I understand the concept, but I don't see it myself because everybody I surround myself with aren't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I don't want to say that um, all men think like that because yeah. it's not true. You know, it's it's it comes down to each individual, um, how they how they were brought up, how they were taught to respect women. Totally. You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's so complex. Um, yeah, like it's I I still experience it. Um, yeah, it's. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to understand as well because... Can you give me like an example? Yes. Because um, that's the only way that I would be like, okay, that makes sense. And like you don't obviously have to give names or anything like that, but like yeah. whatever. No, like, I've got, I've got I, some. <laughs> got some examples. I, I guess like one that comes to mind is years and years ago, I was on tour and I used to, with my old project, a different thing yeah. where I would just sing. I would produce all the music, but I would have... Um, a friend of mine play keys and yeah. you know play the backing track and he had like a synth station set up so it's just me and and my friend Alex um and I remember some of the shows when I was on tour uh some of the punters in the audience came up after and they were congratulating him on like the music and and yeah. producing it and asking him production questions and he was saying to these people like oh no like I don't do it like Liz produces it. Liz writes it. Um, and he told me that afterwards. And it's like, uh, that makes me feel weird. <laughs> Why does that um, make you feel weird? I think because maybe I feel embarrassed for them. I feel embarrassed for the people who assumed that. Yeah, It's like an icky kind of, uh, like, I, I've stopped taking it personally now. Years mm. ago when I was younger, I did. Um, but now I just kind of, you just have to pull people in line or say something or just be really direct. Um, so yeah, that's one example. Yeah. Is um, it, is that just the, like, you think that it's, it's like, uh, um, what's the word? It's like an assumption people make that, that you don't produce your own records and, oh yeah, and all of what do you think that assumption is from? Um, I think it's the assumption of like women not being perceived to be tech savvy, or yeah. interested in synthesizers, yeah. or a woman shouldn't be interested in drum machines. You yeah. know, like it's it comes from that place of like, yeah, you know, misogynistic it, <laughs> stereotypes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. To a certain extent, yeah. Mm. I think <clears throat> I I want you to be honest and I don't want to sound like a dickhead, all right? So, like, whatever I say, I, if it offends you, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I won't be offended. No, I'm but happy I to talk about it. <laughs> like, I, and I think I was talking to somebody about this. I was talking to one of my best mates about this the other night. And my theory behind all of this is <clears throat> when. And and you're in I you're in with where I'm at with it as well is like for me electronic music for the last 
up until maybe five years ago was a really weird geeky thing to get involved in and usually which is awful to say it's similar to gaming right it's usually just a bunch of weird dudes (laughs) 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 and that is like that's totally fine whatever that is what it is Mm. obviously in that there are women involved and and Mm. women are involved and yes it might be a minority it might not be i don't know but for me like the way i view it is that back when like how long have you been producing for Mm, like 10 years so yeah you've been producing Mm. like way before it was like a fashionable thing to be a dj or be a producer right and i think now it's very fashionable to be a dj and a producer it's it's Mm. it's something that anybody can look at as a career not just as a passion it's oh these people are making money these people are famous these people are kind of like how when i was growing up i would look at a pop star like that is one Mm. way to be in the music industry is i can be a pop star not that i couldn't fucking sing but like (laughs) that is one way to be in the music industry i'm gonna sing i'm gonna be a pop star blah 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 Mm. and i i want you to tell me if you think i'm wrong because i think this is me coming from a man and i don't I, i don't know but like singers was much more of a female thing to go into the music industry as a singer Mm. not as a producer because it was a weird world full of geeky weird dudes at Mm. at a certain point and i think but go on no go on but i was gonna say like i i feel like that's perceived because you know major labels would sign attractive young women and have them as puppets you know they would have producers and writers create the music but at the forefront like the face of the project is an attractive woman who yeah. would sell a record because she's pretty and yeah marketable yeah um so i feel like that that is part of it as well like that's ingrained totally. in us to be like oh women equals singer you know <laughs> but i get yeah 100 percent. um but i also without i'm not saying this there's there's other versions of that in the male world right mm. like a fitness magazine right like a dude with a bunch of muscles on a fitness magazine they're selling that because it's a dude with a bunch of muscles like mm. there's there's that in the male world as well and i'm not saying mm. that's right or wrong i'm just saying that that is that is it is it wrong i don't know and i think that's the thing but i think going back to what i was saying is that now it's fashionable to to do that i think what's happening is there's a lot of people that don't write their own records, male and female, male mm. and female. And there's nothing wrong with that in my world, mm. in, in my world. Like, I think realistically, 90% of the, 95% of the people that listen to all of our music don't actually think about the process of, no. of the making yeah. of the music. Yeah. Um, there's only that 5% that, whatever, it's 5%. Mm. Um mm. But what I'm getting at is now because it's fashionable is that it's the people that have been writing music for the last 15, 10, 15 years that are now writing people for the people that want to make music but can't because you know how long it takes to become good at writing records. Like Mm. you've been doing it 10 years. You write amazing music now. 
but like the first two, three, four, five years of your career, you probably weren't mm-hmm. making great music, if you know what I mean. It takes mm-hmm. it takes mm-hmm. a process. And are people nowadays that are becoming DJs, producers, they don't have 10, 15 years to make, to learn how to make music. So other mm. people are doing it for them. And I or think splice. that's... <laughs> pardon? Or splice. Or splice, <laughs> exactly. And that's yeah. that's why we have like music that's very meh mm. because it's oversaturated yeah and and I, mm. I i i don't know what your thoughts are that and like i'm i'm really happy to be wrong i want like but that's kind of where i feel this this thing is where the whole male female kind of perception is at this moment in time and yes there's lots of stereotypes that i completely disagree with but i also think there's stereotypes on both sides of of the of of the the both sides of of, of the spectrum mm-hmm. um that i don't stereotypes are stereotypes because of something but that because of a reason they're not just made because they're made but i think mm-hmm. also some stereotypes are true and some stereotypes are wrong if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And and should I should I personally let a stereotype control how I feel? I don't know. Mm. And change. You might not have a choice. <laughs> you might not have a choice, but I you can mm. but I guess going back to the therapy side of things mm. is the stereotype is based on other people's perceptions. Mm. and other people's opinions at me as a human being i can then decide what i do with that Mm. right yeah exactly yeah and how i respond to those feelings that those feelings come up to me Mm. yeah and i think i I don't know i don't know what i just rambled a bunch of shit and i don't know i'd like to know your thoughts on that and i'd (laughs) like to kind of know your counter not argument but your your kind of thoughts like how it is perceived for you I think like another thing that comes up for me is like media has so much influence and power and a lot of it comes from that as well. Yeah. You know, movies, um, books, God, religion. There's just so much that is spun into this. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's as, as much as saying like it's a recent thing to be deconstructing like this is just something that's been ingrained outside of music as well like if we don't give music as the example um i feel like the change has only happened in the last little while because you know accessibility technology you know it is more accessible now to be making music as a bedroom producer anyone can do it anyone can do an online course um so May, that's how I see it, I guess, with like, you know, women coming onto the scene more so now mm. um, because there is space, there's enough room. Um, yeah. I mean, I see it changing. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not a negative Nancy about the whole thing. Like, it, it is changing. But I just, I still do experience, and I'm sure a lot of other women, female identifying artists, do experience this um, still. Totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got I've got friends that female mm-hmm. friends that, that do. 
I'm just trying to like really understand what that is mm. as well. And you know what? Another thing I want to add as well, like it's something, it could be something as small as like the influence. I mean, how big the influence is. It could be something as small as a male artist um, choosing supports and not just choosing men to support or not just choosing their friends yeah. to support. Like that, that is something that, that is a responsibility I feel mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it's important to, to be extra thoughtful and considerate of like, oh, okay, I'm, you know, got to think of supports. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that I've noticed um, quite a lot recently still happens. Um, and that's just really about like, you know, doing the work, educating yourself and, and, and digging a bit deeper than just bringing friends on board. I don't I don't disagree with yeah. you. I really don't disagree with you. Um mm. I also think you can have friends as females that are as mm. good as well and you can have a crew of of female and male friends and equally will have just as good of a party. Um some of the best DJs in the world are females. I think Yeah, fully. I think we're very tribal human be as human beings as well. Mm. Um and I think that kind of plays a factor which i don't agree with um but i think it's just about (sighs) the other thing that i also struggle with is i've seen certain people you might be able to help me with this as well okay (laughs) so i've i've seen like we've we've all seen it in the last three four years where a lot more females have come through and it's great like more female lineups etc etc and then I've seen occasionally where a female would like talk about it and it just, they say they feel like they're just ticking a box on a lineup. Mm. And mm-hmm. I understand that totally as well. But I also struggle with that when it's like, we're, in my view, because I'm looking at it as a guy and I'm not looking at it mm. as a female. So I kind of want a female perspective on it and it's like well i'm ticking a box on a on a lineup as well like we are in the music business and i am being booked on this party to tick a box whether Mm. that box is so people can listen to my music whether that box is for me to sell tickets whether that box is for my associations i don't know what those promoters are ticking the box for but they are ticking a box Mm. yeah yeah I get what you mean. I think it comes from like the problem, the problem with it is that, you know, it's, it's as if women are a token of like, Oh, I booked a female producer or I booked a female DJ to be on the lineup. Whereas it's not a, it's not really a, a, a token or a prize or, you know, a thing, um, for men as that's how I understand it. Um, so I feel like it's, it's hard to compare the two because they, it's not an even playing field, you know? Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I can't really relate because I'm not a female. So Mm. I'm like, I think that's why I'm asking you these questions and, and I'm Mm. really, I actually really like this because I didn't know this conversation was going to go down this route. (laughs) Um, Neither. (laughs) (laughs) I should have had a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Sweating more than normal. (laughs) Yeah. 
But I think like that's the thing is like I just want you to be like truly brutally honest because like I I think yeah. I, at the end of the day like I want the best for everybody. I want everyone to win around me. Um, mm. the, the more the more people that win, the more likely I'm gonna win. And in, mm. in a selfish way, like realistically, if you blow the fuck up tomorrow, like I know you, I might have an opportunity where you can mm. help me or where I can help you or vice versa. And also it's just so nice to see everybody win. There's so much mm. space in this industry. People yes. don't realize there's so much yeah. space. Like just because somebody got a gig, it doesn't mean you're not going to get a gig. Like mm -mm. there's so much space and there's room for everybody. And I wish everyone mm. would kind of see it like that. Totally. Um, yeah. Like I, on my label, on my nights that I put on, I book people that I really care about and also that I think are really dope and they're not mm. the biggest artists in the world. Mm. They're just people that I think are dope and that potentially I can help them and and mm. potentially if they can come out of, if they can have a career out of me helping them, then fucking great. Mm. Like that's, the, that's the win for me. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's the best scenario, best place, best case scenario. I guess... What's your what's your goals in in your career? Um, I would really like to produce for more artists, yeah, as well as my own project. But I really do get a kick out of producing other other music, Sick. other artists, especially um, other women. Yeah, I also really want to get into scoring for film. That's something that I'm really interested in. Um, Have you done any before? I've just started composing for ads, which has been really fun. been doing that for the past year. Um, and then I might have like a sci-fi horror thing coming up that I'm helping a friend on. Amazing. For a film. Um, but yeah, like I guess I just, I, I'm more interested in like fulfilling myself creatively in many different lanes. Yeah. I, I, I don't just see myself as an artist. Um, with the Brux project, I, yeah. there's so many things I'm interested in and, and that I want to work on and and do. Um, yeah, you know, also with my original stuff, like I I think I want to do an album. Cool. Maybe I'm ready to move on to something a bit bigger. Um, As Brux, like a larger body of yeah, yeah. it's a larger body of work. Um. Yeah. What is it for you? What is it for you that makes you want to do an album? I think I want the space to kind of fully experiment. Yeah. Rather than feeling like I have to have um what's that what's that silly term? It's like just basically hit after hit after hit. Like yeah. I all fillers. No, what is it? All killers, no fillers. All killers, no fillers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want fillers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel you on that. I, yeah, I, I just, yeah. Go on, carry on. Yeah, like I, one album that really um, has resonated me since the first time I listened to it, and it still does, is the Subtract album from like 2011, yeah. I think. Great album. You know, it just has so much dynamic and, and movement, and it really does explore so many different facets of electronic music. Yeah. Um. And I just want the space to be able to do that. Yeah. How would you, have you thought about how you would do that? 
Yeah. I think what I want to focus on is like bringing other artists in and make it as collaborative as possible. Mm. Um, so like especially showcasing um, other female talent. That's yeah. something that's really important to me. And yeah, like, you know, in New York here, I've just met so many amazing musicians, experimental musicians. Yeah. Like people interested in like really wacky sound design, Foley stuff, you know. I just want to make something that's still at its core accessible. Doesn't mean it has to be pop, but, you know, just something that that just really satisfies me creatively. Mm. Well, your music walks a line for me. Mm. And it always has, like, really interested me. And I was listening to some of it before we got on the podcast. And it's, <clears throat> I don't know how to describe it, which is the most perfect thing for me. In, when it comes to music because it's like you can't put it in a box um mm. and and i love that it's it reminds me similar of like blog the blog house days but mm. also like electro and then also some really cool techno in between and like just like you bring so many genres together and i think realistically like from an outsider's point of view an album of that would be fucking amazing <laughs> yeah cool yeah because it's like i feel like yeah so well, no go on i was gonna say like i feel like there's pros and cons to that with with the music that i make you know um i feel like at times it's hard for people to place me mm-hmm. and that trickles down to like being booked for shows. Yeah. Like how am I perceived? Am I the right artist for that, that support? You yeah. know, it's, but at the same time, like I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to confine myself to one yeah. sound palette. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard. It's hard doing this kind of direction at such an early stage in my career when I'm still trying to get people in to, um, into the project i i think if i was to put my manager hat on if i was wanting to be a manager right and i or not even that just as somebody else like we live in a world right now in the dj world where people want like automatic fast hits Mm. like it's like you're even massive already and you can just release what you release or Mm. you're coming up and you're just using samples from old 90s r&b hip-hop records (laughs) to to like gain any success and that's fine that's whatever that takes Mm. but and i'm not saying that's not people being artists it's just that's just a way they are finding a way to become more commercial right Mm. Mm -hmm. but i think the level of artists to where you're at or to who you are as an as a person and as an artist, it feels like you have your own identity as an artist. And I feel like by if you were to do an album, I feel like it would actually benefit more than doing singles. Mm. Because you always then have that body of work that people can go mm. and be like, this is Brock's. And mm. and it, i i don't know like for me it's like chemical brothers fat boy slim um mm. moby uh daft punk faithless 
like all these mm. like legend acts, they were all album artists, mm. and they still are all album artists. Mm. Like, and I think there's something really special about that because. But I think what happened is the commerciality and how streaming kind of changed things for all of us. That yeah. we need you have to hit that in two weeks that first record, and if it doesn't get any love in the first two weeks it's on to the next on to the next blah 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 <laughs> yeah but when you're trying to like actually create lots of kind of genre bending music mm. and then you're releasing singles it doesn't always make sense to people because they don't know what you're going to get right fully so yeah. i think like I, I think it would be fucking amazing if you did it and you were just an album artist and yeah like mm -hmm. you can come up with interesting ways to release them like you're not just going to mm. drop like 15 records that just wouldn't work nowadays no one does that but like yeah. <laughs> unless you're taylor swift or drake but like yeah i think like having an album would be amazing and mm. then because i because i for me as an outsider i don't necessarily look at you as like the dj producer i look at you as somebody that's like more of an artist i would rather see you be and this is only me being selfish i'd rather see you as like a live show and like mm. you doing your vocals you playing the keys you doing drum machines or whatever you need to do and that's a live thing mm. and i think that's way more interesting to me than you playing your records as a dj right yeah what's your thoughts yeah yeah it, it, it's interesting you you bring this up because this is something that i'm I think a lot about and I have been thinking a lot about in the last three months, um, which I've found really difficult because mm. I feel like I change my mind every day yeah. of like, oh, yeah, I should I should do this. I'll go in that direction. Or, you know, one thing that comes up for me as well is I, I ask myself like or just in general for all artists, is an artist only taken seriously in the industry once they release an album? What if an artist never releases an album? Yeah. You know, like. And how does that translate to dance music or, or like in pop, I feel like that's a thing, yeah. but in dance, it's like a whole different playing field, yeah. um, which I don't really know the answer to. <laughs> what do you think? I don't think there is an answer, but mm. for me, if I want to be very egotistical to myself, I think it's more of a legacy thing. And I look at artists that release albums way more higher up in the artist mm -hmm. level than artists that just release singles. Right. I haven't released an album, so mm -hmm. I'm still in that realm, but I will eventually do an album one day. Mm. And I will eventually want to be turned. Turn, I want my goal is to turn into a full album artist where I'm not mm. releasing singles at all mm -hmm. um it's a process mm. why what, what's your thoughts um at times i do feel like yeah if i think about how i perceive other artists other electronic artists if i see that they've made an album i something inside of me thinks like oh okay they're they're on track you know yeah. they are they have shit going on <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, there's a machine behind them. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily mean a major label, but you know, like there's intention, there's a, there's a long-term intention there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And I, I have done an album as another project yeah. years ago and I fucking hated it. <laughs> I hated the process. I think that's what's been pushing me back at mm. times when I'm seriously considering doing a Brux album. I think of just how painful it was to yeah. do my Elizabeth Rose album and, yeah. you know, just, I'm in a different place now, obviously, creatively, like I can't compare well, you're myself not, to you're not doing six years ago. You're also not doing Elizabeth Rose for a reason. No. Right? You're doing no. Brux for a reason. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So it's like so, it's like taking your taking your old relationship into a new relationship. Exactly. It's not relevant. No. <laughs> it's not relevant. So you know that's just my own insecurity. I need to let go of that. Yeah. But there is residual stuff there of memories of making an album. Of course. Once upon a time. You're never gonna stop. Get that away, are yeah. you? Until you make an album. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. I I. I just look at artists, like look at Bonobo, for example. Bonobo is actually a really good example for me is because you listen to Bonobo and then you go see him DJ and it's two completely different artists. Right. Same with Jamie XX. Jamie XX, Mm. you listen to his album, two completely different artists. Yeah, true. And then Chemical Brothers. You go see Chemical Brothers, you listen to Chemical Brothers' album, you go see them live like do a live show and it's they're redoing their album you go Mm. see them dj it's a completely different show yes yes yeah and i think i kind of want that back again i I Mm. want i want artists to be able to just fully express themselves and i'll be lying like you still have to look at the commercial side of things as how 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 are you mm. gonna market this to the people? Like, I'm not that well inclined. And I don't think you are as well. But tell me if I'm wrong. But it's like I'm not just gonna put music out just because I love the music. I want to put music out so everyone else loves the music and commercially it does well. Whether not that it, I'm not looking to make number one pop records, but I'm looking to have some sort of success from that. So there's mm. there's a level of pressure from that. But mm. I think like. I was listening to the new Bonobo album or the newest Bonobo album the other day. And I'm like, this is fucking beautiful music. This Mm. is great records. And he's also one of the best DJs I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And there's nothing, there's no one, well, I don't know him and I'd love to kind of talk to him about it. But like, it's also, he's just doing his own thing. Yeah. And that's so authentic. authentic. Mm. Exactly. It's so authentic. (laughs) And it's yeah. it, and I think it goes back to what you were saying is like putting out bangers and bangers and bangers, and there's so much, so much, there's so much expectations on those one records mm. be- for them to do well because you want to get booked as a DJ because you want to do this because you want to do that. But it's like mm. I think I think there there's a bigger plan to. Mm there can be a bigger plan and a long-term uh, it's it's a long game. I'd rather mm. play the long game. I'd rather be, yeah. Look at black coffee, black mm. coffee. I think he's released like how many, I think he's released like six albums. Oh wow. I didn't know that. Exactly. I didn't know him until like, I didn't, mm. hadn't heard of him until like four or five years ago. And mm. he'd been, he'd done like five albums before that. And I think wow. that's the thing is like, we're in this for the long game, but I think because we only see the quick success of people, 
mm-hmm. on social media and all of that mm-hmm. is that forget it's also like you've been producing for 10 years like mm. you forget the 10 years journey that you've taken to get to where you're at now mm. yeah yes <laughs> i have to remind myself we all do yeah because we with social media it just fucks with our head of like 100 percent instant success it's like oh, it's so damaging and also you're talented enough to go and make a record that will give you instant success but there's something stopping you mm. right I promise to make an album. There we go. It's recorded. <laughs> yes. 2023, Brock's album incoming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got there. That was good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Now I can't get back on my word. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to lean into it. <laughs> I think it's just about having fun, right? Yeah. Having fun. Yeah. You gotta leave behind the fear. It's only going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And you're in like a new place. You're in New York. Mm. It's very, it's a very different place than Sydney to write mm-hmm. something. Yeah. God, like I've got enough tracks for an album, two albums, but I just, yeah, I've just got like analysis paralysis. <laughs> do you have a, do you have like a big team around you? No. Do you have anyone? No. I um, finished up with management back in May. No booking agent over here. I've got a booking agent back home in Australia. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm flying solo. What was the reasoning of leaving management? Or obviously you don't have to go into too much details, but why is, is being free solo a choice by your by yours? No, it wasn't. But okay. in hindsight, I'm actually glad yeah. it happened. Yeah. Um, because it was just the end of, yeah. you know, everything has to come to an end. I'd been with them for five years. Yeah. It just got to a point where it just wasn't making sense anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have no bitterness. It actually worked out really well. Love that. Um, and, you know, once I split, I then went on to, you know, organize my whole EP campaign. Yeah. You know, producing the EP, getting it mix mastered, yeah. directing the artwork, like getting the remixes together, you know, releasing it. I just... Really needed to do that by myself. Such I realize a, now. Such a dope EP as well. Thank you. It's, it's <laughs> so dope. Like so good. That acid line is Thank crazy. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Do you, do you. Yeah. So I just needed to do it. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, I wasn't seeing the pros of it. I was like, holy fuck! Like, I don't think I can do this. You know? Yeah. 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 But I've gone so far that I need to just finish it and put it out. But now on the other side of it it's just yeah like i'm glad i did that um i kind of got a peek into the machine a bit you know how it all works and um it's given me clarity of like what i need i guess next for who else i bring in into um you know onto the team i think it's i think it's really interesting as an artist to learn how it all works as well and not just rely Mm. on everybody else Oh yeah. Like everyone's replaceable in in sound that sounds horrible. But it's like <laughs> it's true though. It's so true. And yeah. <clears throat> I think learning everything and knowing how everything works just mm. gives you so much more um I guess 
this is the wrong word to say, but power mm. to control your your destiny as a, as who you are and what you become. Yeah, in, in yeah. The well, knowledge world. is power, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think by going through management, going through different agents, and having different experiences, you just learn more more about what you actually want. Mm, yeah. And then getting yeah. to a point where you finally find somebody that just gets it. Yeah. It's, that's the hardest weird, bit. Go on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what's the weirdest thing as well is that this exact scenario happened five years ago. Wow. And it, it was at a time where everything just flipped on its head, like yeah. straighty 180, totally different direction. So I'm kind of at peace with it now because I feel like it means to me that, like, I'm about to change it up again yeah. and, and something, you know, something bigger and better is going to happen. Um, it's a weird coincidence of like, yeah, I, I'm very like spiritual and I no, like to read into signs and, and meaning, deeper meaning on things. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing the positives of it. <laughs> I think that's all you can do, right? Cause otherwise you can mm. wallow in your, in, in, the past but mm. that's not going to really move anything for the future it's not really going to help mm. you kind of move forward um yeah if you constantly look back mm -hmm. it's it, it just kind of clouds you you can't see yeah. anything positive coming in because you're only seeing or focusing on the yeah. past yeah. how has the mute the I'm, i know i'm concentrating on the move to new york but i feel like this is like a huge part in your life Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of want to talk about it a little bit more, but like, how has that musically affected or yeah, affected the change in music or has it not? Yeah, no, it has. Yeah. Um, as we touched on it before, like I'm definitely making music now that, that has more like fuel yeah. behind it in terms of like frustration and, and grit yeah. and. I think it's also brought me to a place where I just really don't care as much now about it being perfect. Yeah. I'm just making the tracks. I'm not tweaking it too much. Yeah. Um, it's good as is, you know, it's like, I feel it's as good as it is. So yeah. there's that as well. That that's come up in my creative process. Um, for years I would just work on songs until I fucking murdered them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just not, they have no, you know, sparkle to them anymore after a yeah, while yeah. working on something so long. Um, but yeah, I've kind of changed. That's kind of changed my creative process living here. Is it more of like a speed thing where you're just trying to get records done and then it's like move on to the next? Or is it the case of you're purposely like you'll do a record and you're like, okay, don't touch it because you're going to fuck it? Mm, yeah. I think it's more so the latter. Like I I just try and, you know, be a medium for it to yeah. course through me, the ideas, and then I just I don't want to, like, mess with it after yeah. that. You know, of course I'll tweak it a little bit. Like yeah. I'll arrange it and then, like, fix transitions, dynamics, whatever. But I, if something comes to me in a, in a session where it's like, holy shit, I'm so excited about this, then I won't mess with it too much. Mm. Um and those were the three tracks on the EP that those were three songs over the, over the years that have made me feel like that. Yeah. 
So it makes sense to slap them together. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best feeling though, isn't it? That Yeah. It's so it good. Is. It's, yeah. it's something that... <clears throat> it was very mystical though. It's like I can't explain it. I don't think anyone can, you know. That's the joys. I call it luck. Mm. I just call it the luck of the music industry. <laughs> like yeah. I talk about this quite a lot and how luck is a huge part of everything for that mm-hmm. I feel in, in this industry. And yes, there's a saying you make your own luck, but like in the studio, for me, making your own luck is just putting the hours into the studio and you're going to press a button on a synth that mm-hmm. that you'd never done before. Or you accidentally yeah. walked past it and knocked <laughs> it and it made the best sound in the world. And <laughs> yeah. You're like, Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like there it is. There it is. Yeah. I've been waiting for that for the <laughs> last, <touch> it. <laughs> for the last five years of my career. Why, why have I not been able to do that? Um, <laughs> because we get out of our own way when those accidents happen, you know, like, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> recently been working with other people in the studio Mm. and I've always been a very like insular producer where I go and find a sample or I get sent a top line and then kind of just work it that way. Mm. And I've been since COVID more so I've been doing more writing sessions in person and also having somebody come into my studio. That's also like an insane keys player also can, can produce and just having a third pair of a second pair mm. of ears on on my stuff um yeah because i i also had that that kind of um i had something during covid where i was like i want to do more music i, I don't just want to write club music i don't want to just write techno like right i don't mm. just want to be known as that person that can just write a club banger um mm. and for me <clears throat> it having other people around in the studio is so nice Hmm. it's like the nicest feeling and i feel like you make the best music by doing that Mm. how yeah how in new york do you do sessions because i've i've not really i don't really know new york as a music as a music as like a studio place where people go and do sessions and stuff yeah i mean it's not really yeah a place just like LA, but the opposite of LA, really. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. You know, here I feel like everyone's got a little home studio. Yeah. Um, I'll do sessions like in person, um, either at my little home space here and yeah. little, it, it's literally tiny. Yeah. Um, if I could move the computer, I could. <laughs> let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is it. It looks this cool, is it. though. It's a vibe. <laughs> yeah. I've really jammed as much as I can in here. Um, yeah, you know, I I do well when I'm social and when I'm in a session with someone physically because, I don't know, I, I, I feed off energy and, yeah. like, you know, it just helps so much if you're on a vibe and then the other person's like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's sick. Like, yeah. let's put that down, you know, like, okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it helps <laughs> it's the best feeling <laughs> yeah it really but is. yeah i mean otherwise like i've got other friends here who have studio spaces there's a there's a place nearby in 15 minute walk mm. from here where i'll just rent that sometimes and yeah. and do like a, a studio session with another artist um depends on who's coming through town i don't know 
when it's like the first time meeting someone that I've never met or don't really know their project, I'll yeah. always do it in a neutral space. Yeah. Um, and then once I've had the session a few times and yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I also guess I don't know. you don't want people coming in your house, do you? No, it's, it's, it's a, a bit, bit weird. weird. <laughs> it is. Yeah. 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 I write, I write for a few people and yeah. when I do, they like generally if I write for people that I regularly like, I'm like, yeah, come on down, come stay over. Like we can yeah, just yeah, get yeah. involved. When it's like the first time I have them, I'm like, I'm like get a hotel like yeah it's like <laughs> yeah sort yourself out yeah, yeah. like i'm just working <laughs> yeah 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 no, uh, i'm the same with regards to producing you spoke about producing for other people mm. um what's your what's your vibe like what what do you want to do in that in that world i think i want to work with other like i want to work more with other artists who come from a pop commercial yeah. world yeah but I want to bring the the beef crazy, yeah. yeah. I want to bring like the crazy <laughs> production to it, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've had a ta- I've had a taste of it, and it's just worked really well so far. Yeah. Um, recent collaboration that I did that that just came out last week actually was, um, a, one of the singles off Kimbra's album, mm-hmm. so Replay. Yeah. Um, and so you know from that we've now got all these other tracks together that we're going to save for um an album after this one for yeah. her so you know i'm going to be working with her a lot more um you know just other artists who want to kind of push the boundaries yeah. sonically and that's what i'm interested in i like the idea of that and i think we're going through a stage now where i think music's going to change massively hmm. um because I think it, it's been so formulaic for a long time. Yeah. And I think there's so many amazing artists out there that have huge followings mm. and can have the pool to just do what the fuck they want. Mm. Like Bon Iver f- for me is like one of the best in, in that, in to a certain extent where he will collaborate with so many people and bring so many different people like every album sounds different and everything Mm. is different and you don't know a single from another single although he has his voice and his production techniques it's like it's really interesting and i think there's some really going to be some really interesting collabs because the electronic world is becoming the Mm. pop world yes and it's they're like merging. They're, they're getting there and it's so important yeah. it's like mm. like the likes of beyonce doing the dance album yeah, exactly the likes of mm-hmm. drake, drake doing doing a dance album mm-hmm. and the likes of huge dubstep artists coming into house music like mm. all of these people bring new people to the scene and the pop that look at fred again classic mm. example right like he's one of the biggest pop writers in the world a lot of people don't know that he fucking produced the last two Ed Sheeran albums. Yeah. But like he's a pop writer and mm. he's now making what he's making. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think we're going we're going through a really interesting time so it makes sense for me for you to like want to do that. Your music mm. is very much like that. Mm-mm. It's almost like when yeah. Gustafelstein did all of the Kanye stuff. Mm. Just it just make it makes sense 
right? It's yeah, like fusion. If you bring two art, two amazing artists together, and you get one fucking masterpiece. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah. And I think, why not do that? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I I think of like the Pharrell and the Daft Punk. Yeah. you know, merge merging. Um, and Nar Rogers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> three three of the best in their genres, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like it's, fuck me. That it's record. inspiring. It's motivating. It's like shit. Like, what could we do? <laughs> you know. Yeah, because I think what happened for a very long time in our in in the electronic world mm. is, or in the electronic banger world where you were just releasing singles, is like it was more so based on being cool. Mm. It wasn't based on releasing great music. So, like, mm. like the sense of like Black Coffee did a record with David Guetta, like. Eight years ago, that would never have been a thing. Even maybe five years ago, that would never have been a thing. Mm. Um, Drake doing an album with Kind of Music guys, like mm, it yeah. was, ne- it would never be a thing. It was, it's yeah. not cool, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I think now the <clears throat> the coolness is be as big as you possibly can, mm. and just create cool shit. Mm. It's really interesting. I like it. I'm I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's so good. Like there's just so many incredible artists emerging as well. Like it's so great that now people are having their time in the light. Yeah. You know, like all the Drake fans who would have no idea of kind yeah. of music, you know. They're now killing they're all now. they're killing. Huh? They're just like destroying it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 good to see. Yeah. And there's so much more of where that came from, right? Mm. So much more. Yeah. Mm. With regards to the adverts and writing music for adverts, how did mm. how did that get involved? Because I know that world is very hard to get into. Mm. Um that came about through a friend over here. So she does freelance for, um, you know, a music agency. Yeah. Um, it was as simple as just me asking her like, Hey, you know, sh- we knew of each other's projects. I was like, yeah. Hey, I'm really interested in doing some ad work. I want to work on briefs, campaigns. She just introed me. Um, I've got like a catalog of ambient cinematic music that I haven't released yet. So I've, I've have an album of that that I share with these yeah. um, places and be like, hey, like it, I don't just make club music. Yeah. Like <laughs> I really am interested in full scope, melodic, cinematic stuff. Um, that's really how it started. And I now I'm just on the email send out of all the, <laughs> all the campaign briefs. So um, aside from that, I've had other people like reach out directly mm. to, you know, um, hire me to compose the ad so specifically, cool. like the Croc Seven Eleven ad that just came out. I did did a little banger really? for that. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> got, a, got a pair of Crocs coming in the mail. <laughs> I will never wear them. <laughs> I, ho- I hope they paid you more than a pair of Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they did. <laughs> Good. Got to pay that rent in New York. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Oh man, but that's- yeah, no, I'm I'm really interested in like I. I am a film fanatic. Yeah, I love same. 
I love sci-fi. I love thriller. Like, my God, I, I'm obsessed. Mm. So that's like a big passion for me. I really, really want to be composing for, for film. Um, yeah, I'm determined to make that happen <laughs> at Do some it. point. Do it. I think it's a, it's a goal for me as well. It's a huge mm. thing. I think it's it's also just like you said, it's right at the beginning of this conversation. It's just about like not just being one dimensional. And mm. I think it it for me when I do other other projects, I don't know about you, but it actually takes me away from all the other projects. So I'm I'm not just fully concentrated on one thing, which actually allows the project to breathe. Mm, yeah, and I don't get so anxious and uptight about how well that project's doing because I've got a yeah. million other things to do as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. It helps. It all filters in. Like every other creative pursuit that you do is only ever going to help your, yeah. you know, number one priority project. So I agree sense. with Why that. Want to do more? Because I I think there was a period where it's like was kind of frowned upon to do multiple things. Mm. Maybe for me, maybe that was just my my perspective. But I kind of just always was like, I want to do more things. So mm. why can't I? And then yeah. like you have managers that are like, no, you just need to concentrate on this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but I've got so much of this music. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. surely, surely like put more, put more out and then you might get more back. Yeah. You never know. Yes, exactly. I, and also life is short. That's another thing I like to yeah. think of. It's like you just don't know. None of us know how many days we have here yeah. on earth. And I would feel regret if I didn't, you know, explore every creative avenue yeah. before I left this earth. I I, I want to be able to express myself fully and in every way possible. And I couldn't not, I can't imagine not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And that kind of just brings it round to the bigger picture is mm. that it's just fucking music. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's yeah. nothing. It's, it's not anything else. It's just music. And mm. the more music out there, the more it's it helps people, mm -hmm. which then helps everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think there's, yeah. Strange. Yeah, like we don't we don't have a limited amount of ideas. I feel like there's a lot of people who are fearful of that, of like, oh, I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to release too much music. It's like, well, it's an it should be an endless pool. It's like something that you can keep digging from, you know. And it's never the same. No. Because you're a yeah. different person every single day you wake up. You have different mindsets. Yeah. You have different attitudes. Mm -hmm. you evolve you change as a human being you grow up and mm. our tastes change exactly yeah how did you go from one name from your actual name or from a, one artist's name to another artist's mm. name what was the kind of transition behind that um so it happened right after i released my debut album mm. Um, and I started to notice I was pulling away from the project. Yeah. It sounds like I'm describing a breakup. Honestly, that's what it was like, <laughs> you know, with yourself, the project. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
I just noticed I, I didn't enjoy it as much. And that was like a red flag for me. I was like, mm. shit, like I should be enjoying this. This is my thing. This is what I love to do. Yeah. Um, and so that was also a time where um, my label deal had finished up. I left my manager. I left my booking agent. Honestly, everything changed in, in a matter of like two, three weeks. Wow. And so it seems to always happen like that for me, which is really freaking stressful. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Lucky me. Yeah. Um, all at once. So that, that was like an opportunity, I guess, for me to just take a step back fully. Like I did not want to make any music for a good six months. Wow. And I didn't. Um you know, worked in retail, saved up, got some new gear. And then I realized one day, like, okay, like I, I probably should get back into music because it's the one thing that makes me happy or really happy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not anxious when I'm writing music. I am at my most peaceful mm. state. Um, and one day, you know, I, I decided to purchase an OP one, which is, uh, this little guy, I still have it. Where is it? Collecting dust under the under the stand here. This guy. Yeah. Bought it from this kid um, in a van's shoebox. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> which was, as you do. Um, and he just had no use for it, which I thought was crazy. Um, and that was the turning point for me. Mm. I started making demos with this. I used, like, the sequencer on it. Um and I just made dance track after dance track. Honestly, like the first 10 to 20 demos with absolute shit house. Yeah. Um, but that should be a record I, label name. <laughs> shit house. Absolute shit house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, you know, all of a sudden one day I, ha I had a turning point out of nowhere. And then, then I was like, oh, okay, now I really want to pursue this. You know, mm. it made sense to, to make dance music. I've always, been drawn to dance music you know mm. i've been obsessed with the chemical brothers since i was seven mm. and i would always listen to that outside of writing pop yeah i would listen to dance music so yeah i just had to listen to that and read the obvious signs finally <laughs> so it's almost like you literally started from scratch again yeah i did wow yeah that's like a from ballsy scratch. move to make as well it were was you, very scary. Were you I had no idea. Were you full-time in music beforehand? No. I oh, always okay. had a retail job um, and a bit of teaching as well, music teaching. Um, but, yeah, I didn't go full-time until I moved to New York yeah. because I've, I have to with my visa. Yeah. I'm not allowed to work retail or hospitality. And that's been a blessing in disguise as well. Like I, I've got a fire under my butt 24-7, but it's great. <laughs> getting shit done i think there's a certain thing when there's a certain amount of pressure that gets put mm -hmm. on you right what's that saying is it pressure makes diamonds or pressure yep. makes pearls or something like that mm -hmm. um yeah. it's like <clears throat> when you're given a purpose and you have to it has to succeed mm -hmm. you do there's anything no out of the way it's kind of like you see it happen a lot in america actually with immigrants when they mm. come in from like a third world country and they make it fucking work because mm. they know what's back if they have to go back. Yes. It's similar mm. to a certain extent. It's just that the, the, the focus gets real and it's great. It mm. makes amazing stuff happen. Mm. 
Yeah. And it's interesting too. Like I remember reading about this years ago, maybe it was like an Oliver Sacks book or something, but he talks about like the brain functions best when it's like hyper-focused yeah. as well. So it's just, yeah. It really does. For me, it does yeah. anyway. For me, when mm. I'm like, when I know exactly what I'm doing, like I mm-hmm. will get so much shit done. Yeah. This week for me, has been like that, yeah. to be fair. Like, oh, I, really? Yeah. The last couple of weeks, I was supposed to have somebody in the studio last week and that got cancelled. And I literally was just like, right, I'm just going to finish loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just the best feeling because I just, I finished all my records for next year. And That's like, awesome. And I'm like, sick. Like now I can concentrate on other things I want to concentrate on. Yeah. And when when you say that to yourself, do you feel any resistance at all of like, oh, like I don't want to do that? And do you push through it? Or there's no resistance? <sighs> no, there's no resistance for me when when I've when I've got the ideas. Mm. I know generally there might be some things where I'm like, if I really, really, really worked even harder, I could probably make this record a bit better. Mm. And I'm trying to get in that mindset, mm-hmm. but I'm also in the mindset of like, what am I trying to make the better the music the the record better for? Am I trying to right. make it f- better financially to 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 be right. more successful financially, or mm. am I trying to make it better so I'm happier with it? And I mm. think at this moment in time, with I'm talking about a certain record that I finished this week is like it was actually more so I'm trying to make it better so it's commercially more viable and then I'm like that's not right that doesn't feel right for me right okay but can I make the 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 record better to work in my sets probably but it works great for my sets now so why change it if that makes Mm -hmm. sense do Mm, I want to turn could I turn it into a pop record yes I could turn it into a pop record but is Mm -hmm. that where I want to take record mm-hmm. and that piece of work like no it's realistically not if i if i want to be able to stand by that record for the next 10 years mm. so that's yeah. kind of the balance that i'm in at the moment where it's like i'm trying to write more accessible records but i'm also trying to not go too far off the deep end where people are going to be like what the fuck is will doing <laughs> yeah if that makes sense the sweet spot in the middle yeah. yeah, it's tough. But it's fun. <laughs> it is really tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. it's realistically though, it's all again, it just goes back to what we just said. It's just fucking music. Just, mm-hmm. re- just release another record. Everyone forgets yeah. about it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's it's very great. true. It's great. Mate, we've just done an hour and a half. Woo! I feel like we could what just a great chat. keep talking <laughs> and keep talking yeah. and keep talking. Yeah, um, I could talk for hours. I'm sure you could too. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually in New York in a couple of weeks. Um, just, oh, amazing. Just going. Are you playing a show? No, I'm just doing going for a wedding. Awesome. Um, so if I have a spare 10 minutes or hour, we should grab some food. It'd be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'll let you know um, the dates. Mm-hmm. How can people follow you? How can people listen to your music? Do the promo shit. Okay, so on Instagram, <laughs> that's probably where I give most of my energy. Um, it's Brux, that's the handle. You can listen to my music on Spotify um, and Twitter as well. That's where I'm also quite active. Oh, are you a, Twitter tweet, is are you a tweet person? I'm not, but because 
I'm in Web3 world, so I release a lot of NFTs. That's oh, where do the you? NFT community, yeah. Okay, we need to talk about this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that this is a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> NFT world, it had its moment during COVID. Mm-hmm. I fully believe in it. A lot of people don't. I love the whole Web 3.0. I feel like we're still very far away from where it's going to go. I yeah. feel like it's still in the early days, but I want to I want to hear about your NFTs. Mm. As as an independent artist, it's been incredible. Yeah. I was able to fully fund the Bad Boy EP mm. um just from one N- NFT drop. Wow. Back last wait, when was that? April, I think. Mm. April or May. That's when ETH was way more valuable. It was about what, three and a half grand yeah. per one ETH. Now it's like eleven hundred USD. It fucking for one ETH. fell out of his ass. Yeah. Um, so there's that. <laughs> but that's just the nature of it. Like it allows me to continue this as an everyday yeah. thing. Um So can you explain and- what you mm-hmm. released as an NFT, like how you did it? Yeah. So I released audio NFTs of released tracks on a platform called sound.xyz. Yeah. And basically um, the platform onboards onboards artists who they like their project, who are interested in Web3, et cetera. Um, And I was chosen to be onboarded. And, you know, like how it works is I can choose any song I want to upload as an NFT on their platform. And when you first release on there, you're only allowed to have like 25 editions of the track um, to collect as an NFT. And yeah, after your first go, then you can change the amount of editions. So you can also choose like the the cost as well per edition. But basically it's just the same as like, you know, merch, buying merch. Yeah. Each individual NFT has um, a unique blueprint. Yeah. Fingerprint, yeah, you know, and 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 the fascination is like collectors want to feel like they were there first, yeah, um, and they can show that because of the technology yeah. on the blockchain. So, yeah, it's it's been great, honestly, and also like creatively as well. It, it makes me want to push myself even further, do more experimental stuff. Mm. Um, another NFT drop that I did that was really fun. I released a collection of the first six Brux artworks, which are like these 3D animated masks that represent tarot cards. And so um, I had like an opportunity to finally fully explain each tarot card, the meaning behind it, why, why I was using that for the project. Yeah. Um, And yeah, people were really interested in that. Collectors want to, Get involved. You know, be on, yeah, get involved. And, and, and they want to see the artists do well and, and, and be there long term. Yeah. So it's a really nice community to be a part of. Mm. How do you find it's going now compared to a year ago? It's different now. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, there's been a bear market for like the last six months now. Yeah. Um, And... People aren't collecting as much, yeah. but it's okay. It just means, you know, you just have to adapt. And like now I'm doing drops where they're extremely low prices, but bigger range. So 
I want to involve, be more inclusive, bring more, more people. people in. Yeah. So that when it does come back up, you know, I can give them perks because they collected at a time when yeah. it wasn't doing so well. Did you make the animations yourself? Which ones? The, the masks. The masks, yeah. No, I didn't. No, I worked with an animator. Mm. Yeah. And you don't have to share this if you don't want. I'm just interested in myself. With the animator, did you pay them separately or was that a collaboration? Like to do the artwork initially, I paid them. Yeah. But for the NFT drop, I then gave them a cut as well. Yeah. So they also get revenue. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I really wanted to do something and I have a bunch of concepts laid out for it. Mm. But it's just finding the right people to collaborate with me on that mm. as well because it's an interesting world mm. um but i we should do a, a collab track for sound i'm i'm down let's do it yeah it let's does, talk about do, it. <laughs> does it come out on on spotify after no good that's the fun part you can i put demos up i put an unreleased house track up last week um you know it's just a it's just a fun space to kind of just tease out more music um you could keep it exclusive to that Web3 world or you could drop a track that has already been released or that you're going to release just to yeah. build the story out more. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think, mm. yeah, let's have a conversation about that. I'd be well mm -hmm. down. I yeah. just want to try it out. I, I've bought NFTs. I've like always been the buyer of NFTs. Oh, have you? Um, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Um, and I've always wanted to be the creator, but... <sighs> I want to be the creator and bring more people into the world. And I think mm. I haven't came up with the right solution on how to do that. So I ha which is why I haven't done it right? Um, yeah. for me. And it's like, how can I create something that will benefit people so much that they will want to come across? Mm. I don't just want to get the nft community involved i want to get people that aren't in the nft community yeah onto my platform my platform yeah 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 i think that's where it can get interesting with like concepts yeah. you know um for a drop that i'm doing in a few weeks it's a collaboration drop on sound and the track that we wrote with the kite you know myself and the kite string tangle it's about um the climate crisis so we're bringing um someone on from a charity back home, Green Music Australia, to like talk about it within the industry, how we can, you know, bring awareness about and then giving some proceeds as well. So there's like, I'm interested in having like deeper meanings yeah. to the drops and, and really, you know, bring more of a concept to it, each one. I totally agree. And I think for me, the whole thing about the 3.0 is that it's actually bringing the power back into the artist yeah. And although, yes, the the crowds won't be as big mm. at this moment in time, you still have a bigger piece of the pie. So you mm -hmm. can do more with that to then give back to the community. Yeah. Um, which for me is way more exciting. And mm. I think that's the thing that I really struggle with in the world that we live in at this moment in time. I love social media. I think it's great. It's mm -hmm. given me a career, but mm -hmm. I also really struggle with the fact that I can be playing a show in New York and I'll put a video up promoting it, blah, blah, blah. 
promoters are promoting it and then the day after I put a video up of me playing the show and half the people going, I didn't know you were in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> the whole Web 3.0 is a, could be a way to stop that mm. and allow the artist the real engagement with their fans. Yeah. Which it, it yeah. appeals to me so much more. Mm. For me is I feel like it's a it's a better version of like a Patreon page. Yeah. I guess. I love I love Patreon. Mm. They they want me to go on. Mm. But I also just don't know there's a part of me that struggles to ask for money mm. from people when realistically I'm not giving them anything that they've paid for in the past. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, especially the way music is nowadays, people don't pay for music. Mm. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not a thing people pay for. Um, mm. So it's like, I have this battle in my head about that and mm. how we, how do I give value to somebody that is actually worth them to pay mm. and i think yeah, i get that i think nfts is is one way of that because it's mm-hmm. individual like my way that i look at nfts is i can't afford art from some of the biggest artists in the world mm. but i can afford an nft from them mm-hmm. and that's still an amazing thing and it's an amazing way for for artists to be able to reach a, a wider audience of people that yeah. they aren't necessarily ever going to capture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's I casting just, the, the net wider. Yeah. It's interesting. Let's talk mm. about it. Yeah, we will. Let's talk about <laughs> it. Liz, Brox. Stay tuned, you. people. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank I didn't you. have a clue Me where, too. I didn't have a clue where it was going to go. Um, and it went to the best possible direction so thank you so much for that yeah thank you thank you for having me thanks for being honest with people and thanks for just like just being you it's been amazing thank you so much thank you i appreciate you thank you safe see you soon bye bye big love for brux for coming on thank you so much for listening please subscribe please review i love you lots keep safe and i will see you next time